Welcome to the very first episode of Booking Like a Mark. I am literally named Mark, which is great because I am a huge wrestling fan, and that's why I decided to start this podcast, where we rewrite past storylines, create new matches and PLEs, and make our own gimmicks and characters. It's not just fantasy booking. This is Booking Like a Mark. So, we're going to start our first episode. We're going to look back at New Year's Revolution. Now, in 2024, WWE is bringing back the event, However, it's going to be just a special episode of SmackDown. It's going to be headlined with a triple threat match to determine the number one contender for the Royal Rumble. And there's pretty good matches on the card. It has been a very long time since the WWE held the New Year's Revolution. So we're going to go to Eric, and he's going to give us some of the history in the background so that we know what WWE has done before we book it like a mark. New Year's Revolution has actually had three 2005 to 2007, two Elimination Chambers. When you had uh, Batista or and Triple H, you had Trips had a chance to save Batista, and he didn't. This led to uh, Batista with the botched you know, Royal Rumble win, going for the, the title, and you go, as everyone remembers. You got Batista with the thumbs up and thumbs down. Well, Definitely a big part of the history is New Year's Revolution. The year after that, everyone will always remember the first time ever we had Money in the Bank cash-in with Edge. Uh, Cena just fought in the Elimination Chamber, and here comes Edge cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase and Mr. McMahon. And, uh, of course, you know, Wright's history from there is first of many WWE main title reigns. And then you got to go with the last one with Umanga suffers his first loss. Now, if you go to our Facebook page, Booking Like a Mark, you will see that we have links up to some big events and moments from the past. We do have a clip of Edge cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase, and we do have the full matchup of Umaga against John Cena for the WWE Championship. How, though, are we going to update the concept of New Year's Revolution? So, the big thing about all three of those events is that they were just regular pay-per-views. There was no real theme to them. There was no real concept behind it. We want to change that. So our version would be a pay-per-view event again. And we're going to update the concept by really focusing on New Year's resolutions. So we're going to put the resolution in the revolution. Now I do want to preface this. Although we're specifically looking at WWE, this could be used for AEW even. If you wanted to use this as a special edition for New Year's Smash, you could use some of these same concepts. You could even use it on the independent scene. Last year, I was very privileged. I was able to see some great independent wrestling. And this year, I'm probably going to continue and try to see some more. So if they wanted to take some of these concepts and kind of build an event around resolutions, here's a good blueprint. You could even use this for WWE still if you wanted to use it for day one instead of New Year's Revolution. It's all good. We're going to go with a more generic one. Some future episodes, we're going to get very specific. But this, we're going to kind of lay out a more generic card. So... What are some classic resolutions? Perhaps people want to learn a new skill. Some people may even say they want to make new friends or be more of a people person. 
Obviously, a lot of people are going to say they want to make more money in the new year. You could, though, also just want to change your wardrobe up or change one of your personality traits. You could even want to change your career. Some other people, another big one, want to lose weight. Some people want to enter the new year and they want to take more risks or they want to prove themselves. They want to really show that they're capable of having the job that they have or proving themselves that they deserve some good things in their lives. So we want to take some of these resolutions and we want to actually make them applicable to wrestling. We always want to hear what you guys think because we do use those ideas and all of your thoughts when we go and we book these shows. So we're going to send it back over to Eric and he's going to give us some of your opinions on some different New Year's Revolution topics. We just want to thank everyone for voting this week on Twitter. We had a couple polls. As a WWE superstar, what would your New Year's resolution be? Uh, we have four choices. Form a tag team or stable. Hire a manager. Win the Royal Rumble. And win a championship. Winning a championship won with 60% of the vote. Winning a championship could be anything in WWE or the world of wrestling, no matter which way you look at it. You either go with tag team title, start your career, go always go mid-card. I mean, right now, thanks to Gunther, the IC title is almost up on that level is the same way as Seth Rollins' uh, world title as well. Also, another poll was the best match type featuring a countdown clock. And the four choices were beat the clock, a championship scramble, elimination chamber, or Iron Man. My personal favorite is the elimination chamber that was tied with the Iron Man. I mean... It has to be the Elimination Chamber because you're going to have the countdown. We don't know whose pod is going to open uh, in the beginning. Yeah, at the end, you're going to know, but usually at the end, it's someone who's coming well-rested. You're the last one in and it just adds that certain dynamic to it that you need the countdown. And it's something that the fans will always go crazy for. Our last poll just a few days ago was a new year, new you. What is the most effective way to refresh a superstar? Choices were new ring attire, new entrance music, a new finisher, or new manager. 75% of the people actually chose entrance music. I feel like that's a good idea, but I kind of was leaning towards new finisher. I mean, this is your chance. I mean, if you want to push, you can change up anything, but you got to change up that finisher. Uh, maybe you switch to a submission or something, but that might be the extra thing you need to, to win a match and help you. You know, you start building momentum at the Rumble, but you keep building and you want that spot mania. Win a championship. Obviously, as a wrestler, that's probably one of the top ones. And so what we want to do is we want to focus in on that. And our main event for this show we want it to be a multi-person match because obviously there's going to be more than one person whose goal is to win a championship. Now, when it comes to big multi-person matches, we want to also incorporate a countdown clock. That's one of the great fun things about New Year's, the big countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Then the ball drops, right? That's huge. Wrestling fans love that too. 
go back and watch the first New Year's Revolution. That one was in Puerto Rico. And they were actually doing the countdown for the Elimination Chamber as the people were coming out. They were doing that countdown in Spanish. The following year, they were doing the countdown for the Elimination Chamber. They do the countdown for the Royal Rumble every year in January. Wrestling fans love counting down. So we want to take a multi-person match with a countdown. Elimination Chamber is almost synonymous with New Year's Revolution. But WWE has a whole event just about the Elimination Chamber the next month in February. So we're not going to do the Elimination Chamber. Instead, we're actually going to do a different match. Multi-person with a countdown still. And it's one that we actually didn't see a lot of after it was introduced. We're going to talk about the championship scramble match. And if you've never seen one, if you go on YouTube, WWE does have the full WWE championship scramble match from Unforgiven in 2008. That was a really unique show because all three world title matches, ECW, WWE, and the world heavyweight title were all defended in this championship scramble match. It was a brand new concept. So there were three separate matches for the three titles. Now, the rules of it, it's a 20-minute match. So, not only are you going to get the countdowns as people enter, you're going to get the big countdown at the end to actually signify the end of the match. We have two people start, and every five minutes, someone else enters. As I said, there's your countdown component. Every five minutes, you're going to get the five, four, three, two, one. Pinfalls and submissions count, and whoever gets the pinfall or the submission is deemed the current champion. Now, at the end of the 20 minutes, whoever is the current champion becomes the official champion. So you could have just one title change in the match. You could have five or six. I believe in that WWE Championship one, you actually had seven title changes. I know Brian Kendrick won it a couple of times. Jeff Hardy was the current champion a couple of times. But in the end, Triple H was the final and deciding official champion. And that's going to be our main event. But how do we start the event? Now, I'm not a big fan of the guest hosts, but this works very well for this show because we actually wanted to kind of have the vibe of a New Year's Eve celebration. Big component of that is having a host who talks with different people about their resolutions and the big moments. Now, our guest host has one main job. We want them to be doing talking segments with the different superstars and getting their resolutions. This is going to actually lay the groundwork for a lot of the matches that we're going to see and a lot of the different ways that people will be competing. So we want the guest host to possibly have a talking segment at the beginning, just like John Cena did at Payback or The Rock did at WrestleMania 27. Now we're actually going to go into our official card. So the New Year's Revolution event for us is going to have seven matches. As I said, we're going to start with our guest host coming out and doing an introduction. We're then going to follow that up with our first match. It's going to be a submission match. The big storyline here is we're going to take someone who isn't really known for having a submission and we're going to have them debut some new moves. As we said, a great New Year's resolution is to learn a new skill. So imagine taking a high flyer or more of a hardcore wrestler and putting them in this kind of match where they need to win with a submission. I look back and I think about John Cena when he debuted the STF. That was actually in a match. It was a submission match with Chris Masters back in 2005. Masters had the master lock. He had won many matches with that. And Cena did not have a submission. He just had the attitude adjustment. 
So now it added a new move to his arsenal. So we're going to get to see someone debut some new submissions. What's nice, though, is you don't even need to have that superstar win the match. They can just show another side of themselves and show some new moves and still take the W to a more experienced submission-based wrestler. We're now going to go on. Our next match will be a tag match. Again, we talked about the resolution to make new friends or to be more of a people person. So this one is going to see an established team take on a more thrown together team. I look back at AEW in 2023, and one of the big storylines was MJF and Adam Cole. They started as rivals, and by forcing them to team together, they became good friends. That could be a great storyline that you actually start here at the start of the year in this January pay-per-view. Again, doesn't really matter who gets the win here. It could be the thrown together team gets the win because you want them to start with momentum, or they could take the loss and win in a follow-up match on Raw or SmackDown. But at least what we've done now is we've brought these two together. Make more money. Another classic resolution. How do we incorporate that into our event? Well, we're going to incorporate it into our women's championship match. And we're going to seat the challenger, debut a new manager. It's going to be a hard-fought match. And towards the end, someone is going to come out to ringside. Someone that theoretically doesn't have a connection to either superstar. And that's going to add a little bit of intrigue. This manager is then going to help that person win. And we're going to have the big reveal. Following up on that, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to find out why the superstar aligned with this new manager. And we're going to go back to making more money and having more opportunities. Main one being to win the title. We want this to happen because we want to make sure that we have at least one title change. Going back to our poll, 60% of the responses, an overwhelming majority, said win a championship is the big resolution. So we want to definitely make sure that we at least incorporate one title change. So this is our first. We may have another one. We may not. Let's continue on. The next match is our mid-card championship. And this one, we're going to see the champion debut a new personality. We're going to see either new wardrobe or new music. And we want them to kind of have a different feel to them. Not like the submission match where we saw new moves. This person can still maintain their complete moveset. We just want to kind of update the personality a little bit. Show a different side of them and build the character out. This could be very effective for a champion like Gunther. Very, very kind of one-note presentation. Very stern. I'm not saying I want to see him become the Funkasaurus and start dancing. But I'm saying maybe when he comes back after this little break he's taking, he comes back with a different personality a little bit. Just a slight change. may not even really be that noticeable except for a couple of small moments. But the attire and or the music is going to kind of hammer that home. So that's why we kind of want to update one of those two. The champion is going to retain there. Then we're going to actually go to a recap of the pre-show. What's the big match on the pre-show? It's going to be kind of a special referee match, but it's not really built up and hyped as a special referee match. It's going to be kind of low-key that we're seeing a superstar act as the ref because their New Year's resolution is that they want to change careers. Now, if this kind of takes off, you can have this person continue to be a referee. In my storyline, I actually would, at least for the next month, have them referee matches, and I would have them referee the same person's matches. It gives you a lot of storytelling opportunity there, because you could either have this referee kind of be heel and helping someone win matches, more of a partnership, 
or more antagonistic. Let's say they keep refereeing the matches for a heel, and every time the heel tries to cheat, they catch him. Picture a superstar like The Miz. He's in the pre-show match, and he determines that he kind of got screwed over by the referee. Every time he tried to cheat, referee caught him. Just like, pretty much, we saw with John Cena refereeing the match at Payback featuring The Miz and LA Knight. But at the end of the day, the referee called it right down the middle, pretty much. We could keep seeing that and keep seeing Miz think that this person's out to get them. And it could build up to a moment where the Miz snaps and attacks this person. And it draws this person back into the ring. This could actually kind of be a good role if you have a superstar who has a minor injury and you don't really want them taking bumps. So for that couple of weeks where they're the referee, they're not taking bumps. So they're protected a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they can come back and their return match could be against the superstar that they kept feuding with. That first match takes place on the pre-show. Again, you can go a couple different ways with it, but we're going to see a superstar act as the referee. Their resolution, change careers. After that recap, we're going to go to our tag team championship. It's our second tag team match of the night, and this one we're actually going to go in the opposite direction, kind of. So we're going to see the champions lose their title belts because they're actually going to break up. One of the partners is either going to walk out on the other one, or they're going to straight up attack them. And you're going to have this person claim their resolution is to lose weight. Oh, I dropped 250 pounds of dead weight the other night. Or their resolution is that they want to drop toxic people, and they feel like their tag team partner was holding them back. So this is where we get another title change. But it's not really going to be emphasized like the earlier one with the women's championship match. Because here, it's more about the breakup. Now, right before the main event, we're going to have a really quick squash match. And we're going to debut a new superstar. Because don't forget, we want the authority figure on the show to also have a resolution. And in this case, the resolution would be to bring in more talent. So we're going to see a quick debut. All of this stuff that we've already alluded to can carry over the next couple of weeks into the actual Royal Rumble match. Or if it's for an independent or for the AEW, you could always have it lead up to just other storylines and other events. But in our case for WWE, it's leading to the Royal Rumble. We can see this person who debuted have a great showing in that match. We can see the tag team that broke up face off. We could see a lot of different options. We could even see that thrown together tag team. How do they survive? Do they actually work together in the match? So all of that is going to lead to the Rumble. And the winner of the Rumble, of course, gets to pick a champion to face at WrestleMania. But who's going to be the champion? Because we're going now to our main event, that championship scramble match. Our champion is actually going to retain in this, but for a very unique reason. There's two main characters in this storyline, even though there's five people in the match. Everyone's going to get their spots, of course, but we only really want to kind of evolve the characters for two of them, because we don't want it to be overcrowded with too much story. So unfortunately, we are going to have kind of three people who are more fillers. If you look at that WWE Championship one that I alluded to earlier, there were five people in that match. But I'd say the two main characters were Triple H and Jeff Hardy. Shelton Benjamin, MVP, and Brian Kendrick all had their moments. A couple of times, Brian Kendrick, as I said, even was the current champion. But the main storyline was Jeff Hardy's pursuit of the WWE Championship and Triple H just retaining at the end. So ours is going to be kind of similar. Five people, but we're really going to focus in on two of them. So to really give time to shine, the first main character enters at either number one or number two. In a championship scramble match, your entry number for those two doesn't really matter, but 
our person, our main character, is going to start the match. This is going to give them an opportunity to show a little bit of a different side of them. I talked earlier about how we're going to see someone evolve and get more submissions in their moveset. Well, this person in the main event is going to debut a couple of more kind of high-risk maneuvers with the resolution to take more risks. Now, as we saw with someone, like we mentioned Jeff Hardy, you could see someone get very successful with high-risk maneuvers, or they can miss out on opportunities and cost themselves matches with some of these risks that they take. That's going to be the storyline that we see here. So, in the early part of the match, even the midway point, any point really, just not in the final five minutes, we want to see a lot of these new moves, and we want to see good success from them. These moves actually lead to near falls. We want to see a pinfall come off of it. So that way this person becomes the current champion. We want them to have that moment where they have won the championship. The high-risk maneuver has paid off. However, now we're going to move to the last five minutes. At some point, obviously, the actual champion has come out. The match is going back and forth. You may have a couple other small decisions from some of the other supporting characters. But the big thing is that in the end, in like the last minute, we want to see a moment where the first main character, we'll call them the high flyer, and the champion are going one-on-one, -on -one, exchanging maneuvers. It's building up the suspense where this high-risk person all of a sudden win the match. Unfortunately, they get distracted, and there's a moment where they see two of their opponents outside of the ring. They climb the top rope. They see their moment, and they leap out of the ring. Big splash, crossbody, moonsault, some big spot that wipes them out of the match as well as the two people who were outside. Now, inside the ring, we're going to see the final supporting character lose the deciding fall to the original champion. Now, we haven't talked a lot about the original champion, but their resolution is going to be to prove themselves. Now, this could just be someone who could be an older superstar, whose big thing is they want to prove that they've still got it. Could be a younger superstar, proving that they belong in the WWE. Could be someone who maybe they won the title and there was some kind of controversy. Maybe there was a ref bump, maybe there was some kind of dirty tactic, or... Perhaps just something shady happened, and they want to prove that they are worthy of being the champion. So that was their storyline and their resolution. And in the end, that person gets the vindication and the validation of winning the match and proving that they weren't a fluke or that they've still got it. We get our big celebration now. We want it to feel like New Year's. So the title belt, instead of being at the side of the ring on a table like the other championship scramble matches of the past, we're going to see it hanging above the ring, like you'd have for a ladder match. And we're going to keep focusing on it throughout the show. As the match is ending, during the last 10 seconds, the title is slowly going to come down. Think of the ball drop in Times Square. So as you're going down the countdown, The match ends, the belt is just low enough now that the referee can unhook it and present it to the champion. As the belt is slowly dropping, we're even going to have confetti come down. 
And right when we hit zero, a little bit of a pyrotechnic display will go off at the stage. This is the big moment, the big resolution to the pay-per-view, the big payoff. It's our big New Year's celebration. Just like I said, just like in Times Square, you're going to have something come down, you're going to have the confetti, the fireworks. It's going to be a great moment, and it's going to be a memorable way to end this pay-per-view and give it a slightly different feel. Because don't forget, at the end of the month, you're going to have the Royal Rumble. At that point, you're going to have someone win the match. There's not going to be a countdown at the end, but someone will win the match, and they're going to point at the sign, and there's going to be a pyro display. So we want this one to feel different. By having the confetti and the title drop, we've done that. That's our seven-match card. It is eight if you count the pre-show match. But we're just going to get a quick recap of that during the actual event. So on the proper pay-per-view, we're going to have seven matches. The submission match, the tag match, the women's championship, the mid-card championship, another tag match, the debut squash, and the championship scramble. I grew up really watching wrestling in the Attitude Era and a little bit beyond that, where you really kind of only had seven to nine matches on a card, unless it was WrestleMania. So we're going to kind of keep that idea. We're going to keep seven matches here. So that's our version of New Year's Revolution. Again, we've put the resolution in the revolution. There's a concept behind it. It's going to have a slightly different feel. And like I said, it's a New Year's resolution. So you can drop any of these new storylines or gimmicks that aren't working, or you can incorporate them and actually have them lead to something on the road to WrestleMania. It creates a new idea. And if you really want people, I know it's not the, really the pay-per-view era anymore where you're having people shell out money for each event, but it is nice when each one feels different. Everyone looks forward to the Royal Rumble because it is something different and special. Everyone looks forward to the Elimination Chamber. Everyone looks forward to Money in the Bank because they have a different flavor to them. So that's what we're going to do with our New Year's Revolution event. So, please, tell us how we did. Join us on Facebook. Join us on Twitter. There you'll find Monday through Friday we have our daily poll. And as you saw, we do use some of those responses in our booking. We listen to you guys. So please share your voice with us. Join us on the Twitter polls and join us on Facebook for the daily clip of the day and to leave your comments on the booking. So thank you for joining us. This was our first episode of Booking Like a Mark, and we'll be back next week looking back at the summer of punk, or in our case, the fall of punk. It's not just fantasy booking. This is Booking Like a Mark. <laughs>